Welcome to the Unspeakable Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dom. This is a premium episode for paying subscribers of this podcast. So if you are hearing my voice right now, that means you are either not yet a paying subscriber or you have not added your unique private RSS feed from Substack onto your podcast app. If the latter is the case, you can do that by going to your Substack settings page and following the very clear instructions. In the more likely event that it's the former, I urge you to join our listener community at megandom.substack.com. For $7 a month, you get bonus episodes like this one and a lot of other perks, like stuff that I write. Uh, So this is about the first 15 minutes of a conversation with Alexandra Hudson. She is the author of a new book, The Soul of Civility, Timeless Principles to Heal Society and Ourselves. I had her on because I feel like civility is one of those concepts onto which people project a lot of their own biases and even fears. It seems like civility can only be a good thing, but it also comes with a lot of baggage. Those who call for more of it are sometimes accused of diminishing the suffering of others or glossing over reasons for real anger. They often have a point. But I, for one, try to employ civility whenever possible, including and maybe even especially in situations with adversaries who actually become more frustrated and unhinged with the more civility you show them. How's that for a healthy practice? Alexandra became interested in civility after working in a cabinet-level office in Washington, D.C. She worked in the office, by the way. She was not in the cabinet, just to be clear. Uh, She worked in this office and she was shocked by the lack of civility. Her book might be described as a philosophical history of civility written by a curious layperson. There's a lot to learn in this conversation. So here is uh, a little taste of it. Alexander Hudson. Alexander Hudson, welcome to The Unspeakable. Megan, thanks for having me. Thrilled to be with you. You have written a book called The Soul of Civility, Timeless Principles to Heal Society and Ourselves. Sounds like like it should be an obvious concept in a lot of ways. Civility is always a good thing. But, you know, part of the reason I was interested in talking with you is that I feel like civility has kind of gotten a bad rap almost over the last (laughs) several years. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. I've heard civility uh, referred to as a dog whistle, (laughs) a right-wing dog whistle. So, yeah, so I want to get into all of that, but maybe uh, let's just start off by uh, having you talk about why you took this subject on. I came to my interest in this topic, honestly. My mother is called Judy the Manners Lady, and as I discovered while writing this book, she is one of four women who are internationally renowned experts on manners and etiquette named Judy. Yes. There are four of them. Yes. <laughs> and and so my mother, the most famous is probably Judith Martin, the Washington Post columnist yes, who goes by Miss Manners. But brilliant, is, by the that, way. She is brilliant. She is brilliant, but that Genius. is not my mother. But my mother is my favorite of these Judies in the etiquette industry. I am constitutionally allergic to authority. So all of the teachings and the ways and means of politeness my mother subjected my brothers and I to growing up, I re- recoiled against. I hate being told what to do. And, um, but my mother promised me that 
following these rules would lead to success in school and work and life. And she was right until I found myself in federal government. I was at um, the United States Department of Education 2017 to 2018, a very divided time in our nation's history. And immediately I was in this environment of anti-human flourishing. I saw these two extremes <laughs> yeah. on reverse, on reverse flourishing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I want to hear all about that. But before we get to there, can, tell us like kind of what eras you grew up in. When were you a teenager? What kind of environment were you in that these tactics were working for you? I was born in Los Angeles, raised in Vancouver, Canada in the early, early 2000s. Is that what you mean? Do you yeah. want to tell me? My, yeah. I'm 31, yeah, like, 31 well, years people, old. And- how are people? Yeah. Like, you know, what? how are people talking about politeness and manners and civility? I mean, you, my presumably mother, you did not grow up in the, in the 1950s. So, no. Yes. Yeah. And my mother, like business was booming for her, like all throughout my childhood, especially um, there was an interest, especially in the early 2000s, late 90s uh, in, in civility that I uh, talk about in my book that my mom certainly benefited from people that was like, you know, two decades ago, and this is a theme I unpack in the book that, you know, we tend to feel like our own moment is uniquely divided, uniquely polarized, uniquely rude, le- mean, lonely, um, atomized, uncivil. Yet the reality is most eras tend to feel that way, literally across history and across culture, which is how I approach this topic of, of social norms and, and conceptions of civility from a universal perspective. And every era tends to complain about kids these days. And every era tends to complain of corrupt politicians who play to the passions of people at the expense of, of you know, the polis. And uh, I think that's a fun and, and helpful and humbling insight because it, it reminds us that this is not an easy problem. It's um, a really intractable one. There are no simple pat answers in terms of who we can blame. No single politician, no single technology is the single locus of this issue. And no single policy, no single book <laughs> is the monolithic solution. Mm, no single um, no single etiquette columnist. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so was your mother like what what was in what capacity was she giving this advice? Was she like a professional? That she's a professional. So she would do everything from customer service seminars for companies, teaching them the ways and means of getting along with others oh, and wow. carrying on a, a, a nice conversation, a pleasant conversation. She would do you know, private etiquette trainings with people wanting to burnish their social skills. And she found a real hungering in the the parents of small children. So she, my mother used to model in Paris when she was 18. She was recruited by a fashion agency to, to be in Europe modeling for a year. And then when she, when she retired from modeling and um, married my father, who's a filmmaker, she had this little side hustle as a, uh, not beauty consultant. She would like teach women, she called it like inner and outer beauty. So she would teach them how to walk the catwalk while also teaching them, you know, pleasant social graces and like character formation as well, which is what the educational project has been across across history. And, um, right. and um, the parents of some of these young women that she worked with said, hey, can you like teach this stuff to my young you know, kids. And so she, that's kind of where her career took her. Um, she has a whole children's album. She has 18 songs on her uh, album. I think about 18. Um, sorry, someone fact check me, but I sing two of them. I do know that. Oh my I do gosh. Sing two songs on, what on was her the album. Al- Wait, this was an album that came out like a, like a children's record? Like that's a kind correct. of free to that's be correct. you and me called, of manners? Yep, that's right. It's called, uh, 
it's fun to have good manners. Oh my goodness. I think <laughs> wow. that's what it's called. It's so funny. I did have this in my book at some point. And then someone, a few people told me it was like way too self-indulgent to talk about myself and my mother. No, 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 no. So but wait, I took it all out. So fact no, check I want to hear about like, this. <laughs> we will, we will get to your book, but wait, just what, what are two things that she advised? What, what, what were two skills that children needed to learn? So one of her great songs is a call, it's called The Attitude of Gratitude. And way before like Arthur Brooks and the scholarship of gratitude, you know, became a thing, my mom was singing about it to, to Buddy Holly, like, you know, bopping around stage, talk, like singing to hundreds of kids and, and, and kids bopping along with her, like about why it, it helps us and it helps others to be grateful and not focused on what we don't have. So that's, that's one, that's one piece of advice she offers. And another, let's see, another song, The Golden Rule Rap. That's a really hip one. I think it was like, if you want to be really cool, then you have to know the golden rule. <laughs> you could, it's this all on YouTube. I'm not making any of this up. I probably, there's a, a robust, and my mother loves, loves the YouTube. I've actually never spoken her about her as much as I am in this, <laughs> in this conversation. So she is, and she, she's just passionate about the, 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 human social project and manners to the extent that it helps us flourish, helps us. She's, she just loves people, loves relationships, and um, dedicated her life to what Dale Carnegie called the fine art of getting along. Yes. And we should say Dale Carnegie was the author of How to Win Friends and mm-hmm. Influence mm-hmm. People very famously. I had a comedian, Maria Bamford, on a couple months ago, and she talked about going to a Dale Carnegie like a seminar seminar when she I was in hear high school that. when she was in high school <laughs> that her father took her to because she had all these social anxieties and so she learned how to like repeat the person's name when you meet them like yes. oh Alexandra tell me about yourself that's interesting Alexandra which Alexandra. like in retrospect is so creepy <laughs> um and then she took it to, you know she went to college and like started talking to people that way and it didn't exactly didn't exactly translate but okay all right anyway so you you grew up with all this set of values, you go to college, you're obviously uh, succeeding, highly accomplished. You then go to work in government. And what do you encounter? I went to government and I saw these two extremes. Like all of a sudden, all of the, all of my like polished wiles failed me. And I, on one hand, there were people who were just aggressive and, and hostile and they had sharp elbows. They were they were willing to step on anyone in order to to get ahead. And on the other hand, I saw people who I thought at first I thought they were my people. They were polished and poised and polite. But they these are the people who would smile and flatter me one moment and then stab me and others in the back the next. And that one really perplexed me because one thing my mother had said growing up was that manners mattered because they were an outward reflection of our inward character. And yet here I was surrounded by people who were well-mannered enough and yet ruthless and cruel. And so that that clarified several things for me. One, I saw, I, I realized that those two extremes, uh, the extreme aggressiveness and extreme politeness. They they seem like polar opposites, but they're actually very similar. They both instrumentalize others. They see other human beings as a means to one's selfish ends. One sees other human beings as, as pawns to be bowled over and stepped on and not respected. The other one, extreme politeness, sees other people as pawns to be manipulated in order to get ahead and get what they wanted, but neither sufficiently appreciate 
the gift of being human and have an insufficiently high view of, of personhood and human dignity. I also realized from that experience that those two extremes very much kind of define the excesses in our public life today. There's a lot of, you know, tone policing, a lot of polish, a lot of people who grasp for this golden era of, of gentility and nicety in order to say, oh, well, let's just like talk nicer together. Right. Be kind. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then there is another contingent that is so fed up with that sort of tone policing and like, you know, focus on nice and like kumbaya that they they feel the need to, you know, elect strong men to like puncture that hypocrisy, puncture the pretense. And, and that, that it, it's easy to feel like one extreme is an antidote to the other, but that both extremes are wrong. They and they're are also so coming from the same place. They're completely yeah. the same. They're impulse. coming. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're coming from a dark part of the human personality that we all share, like the the the, the part that wants to intr- instrumentalize others. So the the part of our soul is defined by self love that wants to place ourselves and our own needs and our own ambitions before respecting others how they deserve to be respected. Exactly right. And the third thing I learned is that there, this um there's this essential distinction between civility and politeness, which is a core argument in my book. Right. Okay. So talk about that distinction. So politeness is etiquette. It's manners. It's external. It's technique. It's behavior. Whereas civility is internal. It's a disposition of the heart. It's a way of seeing others as our moral equals who are worthy of a bare minimum of respect just by virtue of our shared moral status as members of the human community. And that crucially, sometimes actually respecting others, sometimes actually respecting ourselves requires being impolite. It requires saying no without apology. It requires telling hard truths. It requires engaging in robust debate, that these are things that make us and others uncomfortable because like we feel this deep pressure to please others and to, you know, not ruffle feathers. <laughs> and yet this is actually a way of, of truly respecting ourselves and of respecting others saying, you know, I respect myself enough, enough to set a healthy boundary or to speak up when I might otherwise want to stay silent. Or I respect someone else enough not to pretend a different a difference doesn't exist when it does, but I respect the other enough to say, I respect your ideas and I'm going to tell you when I might disagree with you. Like, that's actually a form of respecting others. And today, too often, disagreement is interpreted as like, you know, tantamount to a declaration of war. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's and, harmful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's not the case. It's actually a way of loving, actually respecting others. Right. So is there um, like a political bent to this? Like I said earlier, like I feel like words like civility or just, you know, respectability politics certainly has <laughs> like, a, like a conservative balance to it. But, you know, as I wrote in my own book, I love respectability politics. Like I, I think everybody should put on a suit and, you know, protest in a, in a civilized and dignified manner. I don't get a lot of traction on that approach these days, but yeah, I'm wondering, so as you started to have these thoughts and think about writing about it, were you like, I don't know what your political affiliation is. It doesn't really matter, but were you sort of hanging around with 
more conservatives that shared your views or like where were you in the kind of political mix? Yeah, I am I'm open and honest about my ideological, philosophical, religious underpinnings. I think that's only fair and honest uh, to my readers, to my audience, for people to know where I'm coming from. I don't try and shroud that in, you know, I talk about how I'm a Christian. I talk about how I um, conservative, classical liberal in, in disposition and temperament. And yeah. Okay, wait, hang on a second. Yes. Classical liberal and conservative is the same thing. You Did you just ram those together? Let's unpack that. <laughs> did I ram them? I associate them. I, I would see, I, like a lot of people are familiar with, um, they're uncomfortable with the word liberal today. You know, they, they, they're, they're comfortable with libertarian, but, but, you know, a lot of people want to recover the word liberalism and specifically classical liberalism as this philosophical and intellectual lineage that cares about human dignity, limited government, individual liberty. Did you say that they're the same thing? Well, no, sure I think they're they not the same thing. No, the reason yeah. I'm asking is because, I, you know, so I uh, spent a lot of time talking with people about the divide between liberal and progressive, right? So a lot of That was a taste of my conversation with author Alexandra Hudson. Her new book is The Soul of Civility, Timeless Principles to Heal Society and Ourselves. She is the founder of Civic Renaissance, a publication newsletter and community that exists to create a public forum for civility, grace, and conversation. You can hear the rest of this conversation. There's about 45 minutes more of it by becoming a paying subscriber. And you can do that by going to megandom.substack.com. If you are a paying subscriber and for some reason you're hearing this, it means you have not added your unique private RSS feed from Substack onto your podcast app. So to do that, go to the settings page on your Substack page and follow the instructions. They should be pretty clear. Becoming a paying subscriber really helps me. And in the coming year, I'll be doing more of this kind of thing. So if you want to make sure you're getting all the content you can, please join my listener community. Just a reminder that the application deadline for my writing workshop, again, is December 13th. You can find that on the Substack. And um, in the meantime, have a great week. And I hope you listen to the rest of this conversation. And I'll see you soon. 